And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at the University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. Alright guys, this is the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, whatever. You can get a podcast, man. I'm your host today, Kami Armarabian, and I'm a... I'm going solo today, guys, and and most notably because I think Jack doesn't have power, but I know Steven does not have power, and of course, that's why we did not send out a a traditional kind of middle-of-the-week podcast where we would preview somebody with uh, Viva the Matadors. We didn't get to do that, and so... Because I think I was out, I was without power Monday evening, and then Tuesday morning we were without power for another day and a half. And so Steven, I don't think has power yet. I think Jack probably maybe has power, but who knows? Who knows, man? Uh, but hey, we have a good game to talk about. And I know it's a little bit later, and I mentioned it. That's okay, man. You know, you do. Everybody's doing what they're doing, enjoying life. I'm feeling, I'm uh, I'm feeling great right now, man. Uh, but anyways. Oklahoma Sooners win 62 to the Red Raiders, 28 points. And, I mean, you guys wanted a spring game. Everybody wanted a spring game. Remember how this game was can't The spring game was canceled, I think, like, what, a week before it was supposed to happen? Uh, it was really, really odd stuff. I mean, yeah, of course, you had Rudy Gobert in Oklahoma City officially, like, shutting down the sports world and COVID for a while until the NBA kind of came back. But... You got spring game. I mean, Oklahoma offense and defense were rolling the entire time. The mood was very unserious throughout the evening. And that's because, I mean, both sides of the ball, with the exception of one drive, the very first drive of the game, but uh, both sides of the ball took care of it business. And honestly, all three sides, I think Oklahoma did miss one field goal. That's right, because Burkich missed it near, near the end zone. But honestly, all three sides of the ball, Pretty good today, really, really on point, and you know that was a spring game, and we didn't get the Dixie Chicks or Trey Sadkins with the honky tonk, badonka donk, or Lee something, the Clemson guy. I don't know who Oklahoma could ever get. I mean, we've talked about this several times in the podcast. Kings, Leon, everybody would enjoy um, the oh, what's that band? The All American Rejects, you know, they're a little, little bit old school. You've got Hanson. They're always a great option, and I think they brew their own beer, so that's fantastic. And I can't remember any other other bands that might fit the bill for Oklahomans that just don't suck. No, don't say Toby Keith. If you're in your car and you're like, Toby Keith, you're wrong. Stop. Be quiet. It's not Toby Keith. He can let, he's Just let him go away. I'm fine without Toby Keith. Um, and we, but we could always say the Dixie Chicks, you know. Um, and, of course, you know, we're doing away with a lot of things that are about the word Dixie, like Dixieland, so I guess they could be the chicks. So that's cool. Uh, but anyways, man, you got spring game, guys. We got it. Uh, you got to see all three quarterbacks once again. Oklahoma dominated on both sides of the ball. And let's talk about Texas Tech, though, for first of all. This is a weird year for them. I mean, Nathan Vasher was hurt for sure, and he is a problem. He's a great receiver. And uh, I mean, he was just, he was he's out. He wasn't playing. I don't think he was hurt. I think I think he's indefinitely out. I can't remember what the deal is, because I, I looked it up before the game. 
And Matt Wells is doing a, a hard coaching job this year. I mean, Texas, uh, Texas Tech should have been, I think they're 2-3 and three coming in the game. They should have been 1-4. and four. Um, they, they scoop and scored to beat that West Virginia team that just beat the absolute hell out of Kansas State, who had a backup quarterback. And... You know, Matt Wells is in a, in a transition year, and honestly, before the season, I thought Texas Tech might be a little good. Matt Wells is t- coaching Texas Tech pretty okay. Uh, the defense is improving. Now, you wouldn't think that after the Sooners put up 62 points, but under Matt Wells, the defense is improving. They're getting the guys that they need to get, similarly to Oklahoma. Of course, Oklahoma's at a whole different level now. Uh, than Texas Tech is, but I mean, like, you guys remember the Baker Mayfield year, and you guys remember the Kyler Murray year where Oklahoma's defense wasn't that different than Texas Tech. Oklahoma's offense could just score a lot more. And, you know, it, it, Matt Wells in the ends in a really, really odd year. Texas Tech has gone full air raid for since Mike Leach, and now, they're, now their game is predicated off of running the ball. And, and it's such a different idea a different scheme philosophy whatever you want to say to run their offense from the years past because there's not a lot of talent coming to Lubbock I'm going to be honest with you I mean Patrick Mahomes is probably the best thing that had ever happened at Texas Tech and he's going to be the only good thing that's ever gone to Lubbock Um, and if if Pat wasn't a legacy he probably would have gone somewhere else because they just don't get good players. I mean, you might get a four-star here or there, maybe, but they're toiling around in the two- and three-stars. And so that's why they have to go to the spread, because it's the ultimate, you know, kind of equalizer for some teams, if, especially if you're not getting the bodies in the trenches. And now, of course, teams have, in Nick Saban has admitted this, that now it's like the way of the offense. And so now teams have to make up for spread offenses by playing defense a little bit differently. And uh, the recruiting is suddenly becoming not an issue for Oklahoma because now everybody's playing the spread. And if you're unless you're Georgia and Kentucky, where that game was a 14 to three final, holy shit, guys, my God, that was a terrible game. Um, but yeah, everybody's going to the spread. But Matt Wells, he's in a transition year. I thought they had before the year started that Texas Tech could be really good because Matt Wells is a good coach. Um, he's trying to put them in positions for success. And I also thought Alan Bowman coming back would be really, really good for them. And they dumped Bowman like the second game of the season. And now you've got this Columbia guy who was a part of that Utah State team that Matt Wells was the head coach of, of course. And he's a little bit more of a runner. He His accuracy is not that great, as you guys have seen. And so they're having to rely on their running. Actually, tech, coming into this game, Texas Tech had more yards rushing than Oklahoma did. And so that's a pretty wild thing to think about. And so, I mean, of course, Oklahoma, with that first drive, they just stuffed them. But Texas Tech's on their way. This team is a lot better than the 62-28 loss that Texas Tech just got manhandled because they've been playing opponents tough. And, hell, they 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 should have beaten Texas by 60-something to 40-something. And so I think Texas Tech is actually a lot better than we made them look, or the Sooners made them look, of course. So that's good news for Oklahoma. I mean, I mean, how there's really nothing you can come out of this game bitching about except one fan that was really, really angry on Twitter. So talking about Halloween in Lubbock, weird things happen in Lubbock, guys. Halloween's a night game. Weird things happen. No, nothing. The only thing that was weird was that Oklahoma 
beat the hell out of the Red Raiders for four straight quarters. And that had not happened all year. And that really has not been the theme of Oklahoma, uh, Texas Tech games in Lubbock. That's weird. How Oklahoma put them to bed at halftime. That's weird. That's the only thing weird that came out of this game. So, but good news, man. Of the suspended trio, Ramondre Stevenson comes back on time. Ronnie Perkins is supposed to come back before the Iowa State game. Maybe for a drug test. Basically, your piss test that he did not pass the time before. And so that's good. And Lincoln Riley said they found out Friday evening and just uh, all the guys exploded. Uh, they were so excited and ready to go. And you could tell. You could tell that those dudes were ready to go. They did not want to take their feet off the field at all. Just incredible. Incredible performances by both. Ramondre Stevenson brought the toughness on offense. Ronnie Perkins, holy crap. Chase, first of all, chased down a running back, and he looked faster than anybody else on the on the team. Like you reminds us of Charles Tapper. I think, you know, I think in Amari Cooper in that uh the Sugar Bowl in 2014. And those guys just didn't want to come off the field. So they're taking the trip down to Lubbock because they actually passed their uh passed their drug test or something along the lines on the along those lines. And, of course, one of them had, did not. Uh, and they got the call, you know, late Friday evening that, hey, they're good. And that was exciting for both of those guys to come out and really start dominating. And they neither one of them wanted to get off the field. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson had that shirt that said, I'm back. And it reminded us all, if you guys remember, it reminded me a lot of Adrian Peterson. I believe it was 2005. I think it was the 2005 season uh, where he got hurt. And he came back for that Nebraska game in Lincoln and just completely ran all over the Huskers, which the Huskers aren't getting play this week. And so they think they should come back to the Big 12 because I missed them. Uh, the rivalry was great. And uh, just beating them, well, that was fun too. I think Callahan was the coach, the last coach when OU beat them. I think, I can't remember. It was the Big 12 title game. But anyways, really good for Ramondre Stevenson and Ronnie Perkins. And then... Those guys come in the game to play, and they definitely moved the needle for Oklahoma. I mean, Perry and Winfrey is demanding double teams, and Ronnie Perkins also demands double teams sometimes. And one of those dudes is going to get one-on-ones all the time. And Oklahoma, usually, especially in the Big 12, is probably going to win those battles. And so good news for Ronnie Perkins, of course, there. Ramondre Stevenson, really nice. But no Rambo. Or Delarian Turner Yale, also LaRon Stokes. So that defensive line unit could have been even better because Oklahoma didn't have their starters in. And so immediately, I think a lot of us thought, okay, well, no Rambo, who cares? Because honestly, he's not the leading receiver on this team. He's not the best receiver on this team. Guys, I don't even think Charleston Rambo, let me say this. Charleston Rambo might be the fourth or fifth best receiver on this team. Well, you got Stogner. You can count him as a receiver. Weiss, for sure. We know Hazelwood's there. Would you say Mims is ahead of him? So that's five, the fifth receiver on the team. And I'm sure you might be able to argue for other guys, too. He might be the sixth. But he's definitely not a number one. So nobody cares. He's really good at being fast. That's about it. Um, the straight, it's just straight lines. Whereas Delarian Turner, Yale, I think people said, okay, they gave people a pause because Trey Norwood's going to come in 
And Trey Norwood, you know, he played a lot, and Alex Grinch was very excited about him when he came onto campus, and then he subsequently tore his ACL. But I think we're still curious to see how a safety tandem of Patrick Fields and Delarian Turniel would match up against a Texas Tech, because I think a lot of people still had in their brain that Texas Tech is an air raid, and they for sure are not this year. They're going to run the ball, and it's actually pivotal to their success, and they weren't able to do that because Oklahoma is one of the best, better run-stuffing teams in the country. Oklahoma's defensive line has been stout against teams that try to run against them, and of course, they, they broke loose for a few runs, but I mean, they were pretty silent all night outside of that first outside of that first drive and Oklahoma didn't have Laurent Stokes so think about the amount of havoc that Nick Benito Ronnie Perkins and Perry and Winfrey had and then like they threw guys in like Jordan Kelly in they threw guys uh, like Isaiah of course Isaiah Thomas who's had a good year so far in I think at one point Oklahoma just knew they were going to pass the ball of course because they had several third and longs and you saw a lot of sets with Benito Winfrey Perkins and Isaiah Thomas holy crap like it, it was just impressive and I think Perkins said he's I think Perkins has affirmed that he should come back next year but we never know of course uh, at this point, would Winfrey maybe check his draft status? You know, it, it's definitely worth a look. He's been having a really, really good season. And imagine Jalen Redmond being back so that next year's defensive line could possibly be Nick Benito, Brian Winfrey, Jalen Redmond, and Ronnie Perkins. And then you have a lot of depth behind that. That is that's uh Oklahoma hasn't had a defensive line like that in a long time guys that's really special and you got to see like what impact they make and so LeBron Stokes wasn't playing tonight uh, uh last last night and it showed and uh it just gosh when all these guys are healthy and not suspended and all in the field together they can be really 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 special so we have to break go for a break for our sponsors we'll actually talk about the game um, or I guess I'll just talk about the game pretty briefly and then i have some twitter questions and discord questions i will get to and then we will send this thing back to the weeks to go to ku so check you guys in a sec okay so like talking about the game the first drive i think a lot of people had a sick feeling in their stomach because they just saw texas tech just first of all abuse trey brown um and then just hustle in the end zone and I think that scared a lot of people. I said, oh, no, this is, this this is, you know, it's a away game in Lubbock. It's a night game. It could happen, you know, just like the previous years. They even mentioned it on the broadcast. By the way, Tim Brando sucks ass. But anyways, they even mentioned it on the broadcast. Like, oh, remember that time Kyler Murray got down 14-7? to um, And so, like, putting that thing, like, that, that thought in Sooner fans' heads, and I think it's possible that Sooner fans were freaked out by that because I certainly was like, wow, this is – not ideal. Um, and then, of course, the Sooners had an, a mishap on offense uh, to start theirs off, like kind of like the Texas game started, except it was reversed. Oklahoma started and just was absolutely awful the first series out, and then they got a turnover, and then they started rolling. And that's kind of what happened with this game. I mean, the first drive, it was awful for both sides of the ball, right? And then Oklahoma, they get in the end zone. 
quick turnaround. They get a turnover, get back in the end zone. Another, I think, quick turnaround, turnover, get back in the end zone. The next time you know, it's 21-7. And so Texas Tech's thinking, like, I remember they tweeted, like, oh, how about that first drive? And they were dead quiet the rest of the night because they got their asses kicked from after that first drive, after that those first sequences were over, they were dominated on both sides. And I, it was funny to see those Texas Tech folks, those uh, Red Raiders, they were so angry. You know, they were so happy, first of all, that they were beating Oklahoma 7 to nothing and acted like they were something special. And um, that, was, that was quickly not the case. And so let me talk about Texas Tech folks. There is no fan base that I have encountered in the Big 12 that is as unpleasant as the Texas Tech Red Raider fan base. Everybody else is pretty chill. Uh, KU fans, they just wait, they're just waiting until basketball season. Kansas State fans are nice. Iowa State folks are great. Uh, Oklahoma State folks, I mean, we, we, you live among them, so you kind of have to be civil. Uh, Texas, uh, just in general, Texas, I mean, you hate Texas, right? But their fans aren't that bad. I mean, especially when you're not playing each other. Uh, who, who else? Baylor, they're nice people for the most part. A little snobby in my in my experiences. TCU, uh, they know they're good at baseball, and they kind of miss when they dominated the Mountain West and Conference USA. And who else? Oh, West Virginia. Those people are no, West Virginians are really freaking nice. And so, uh, did I leave out Kansas State? No, I think I said that. So, in pretty much everybody's fan base has been relatively fine, but man, those Texas Tech fans suck. And I get they live in they live in they live in Lubbock. They live in Lubbock, so I get it. But dang, man, like get get your shit together. Stop throwing batteries at people. Stop throwing tortillas in the field. I'm not about it. But I know the tortillas are kind of a thing. I mean, your your most famous person died in a plane crash. As Buddy Holly and uh, La Bamba's a great movie, which Buddy Holly is minorly in it's not about him uh, but anyways man rattler is the best quarterback in the big 12 i, th- I think can i say that officially Rat- spencer rattler is much better than sam ellinger spencer rattler as we've seen this team take steps after step after step has shown us when he has time and he's definitely been learning through the year you can see it i think uh, the guys over at uh, i think it was the, oh, he was the spooking musket. And I think it's the smoking musket. The guys over there at the West Virginia SB Nation, they explained how they viewed Spencer Rattler to me like this, that it was like watching freshman Pat Mahomes play. And uh, you knew he was stupid talented, and he was just figuring his way out. And then like the next, basically next year, when he does have everything figured out because you know he's really talented, it's going to be a bloodbath and. Yeah, his team's going to be really good next year. There's going to be a lot of high expectations. But Spencer Rattler is the best quarterback in the Big 12. I don't know who's second after that. Could be the second Spencer that always uh, pisses games away, as you saw t- uh, as you saw just the other day, I guess yesterday. Uh, I don't. It might be Ellinger because his late game heroics are incredible. He had late game heroics to keep Texas in the game along with that kick return, and he just kept on going, kept on going. He almost beat Oklahoma. Uh, who else? Brock Purdy, who's been showing out really, really well. And that's about it. You have you got about what three good quarterbacks in the Big Twelve, three or four pretty good quarterbacks. So, but Spencer Rattler has to be the best one. Um, he's constantly showing up on the leader list for percentages and touchdowns and everything else. I mean, 
it's not just because he's in Lincoln around the offense either. He is surpassing a lot of goals in the man didn't that he didn't even have to play after halftime. And he could have they could have dropped sixty nine on Texas Tech, which they should have, and I'm still not unhappy that they didn't, but hey, I mean were you gonna complain about the amount of turnovers? The amount of turnovers that Oklahoma forced tonight, three? Three turnovers? Just incredible. It's really, really, really great team ball. Uh, I mean, I know Trey, Trey Norwood was Trey Norwood was where he needed to be, and it was just by happenstance. But I mean, <laughs> you can't say that they weren't forcing turnovers and that they weren't actively trying. I think they had another couple chances to get a turnover. So it's just like it seems like this team is just really coming together. Seems like the team is really not they're not peaking. They're just getting a lot better each week. And I, I'm really so sorry to Kansas because, dear God, Oklahoma has now figuring things out and getting all their guys back from suspension right before Kansas. It's going to be bad. It's, it's going to be awful for Kansas, and I'm just apologizing uh, to the team uh, for them. I guess it's like, I don't know if we should do a preview with Kansas people because like, all we're going to do is kind of like fuck with them and stuff like that because everybody knows they have no chance to win against Oklahoma, but I said that against Kansas State when they had, like, 30 players, so who knows. But anyways, Ramondre Stevenson, three touchdowns, immediate impact, immediate impact. T.J. Pledger had some nice runs. Seth McGowan had some nice runs. Ramondre Stevenson was nice all night. It was great. He, he was bouncing off guys, stiff-arming guys. Oh, gosh, like, I think we, because the the running backs we've seen this year are Marcus Major, who reminds me of Brennan Clay like a lot, even the way he runs, to looking at TJ Pledger, who's more of a kind of a slasher, a guy that weaves in and out, bounces in and out, uh, to uh, Seth McGowan, who's really young. Uh, he needs to stop trying to reverse field and losing five yards. That would be nice, Seth. But uh, he's still young. He's going to be really good. He reminds me a lot of Ronnie uh, Rodney Anderson. He's going to be really good, especially when he gets out of his high school body. Remember, he didn't have an offseason. He didn't get training. He's going to be much faster, much bigger, and probably more decisive next year. And just those are the type of running backs Oklahoma's dealing with. And then you look at a guy like Ramondre Stevenson, who reminds me of like a Damian Williams, but a little bit bigger, like a, like a Marshawn, Lynch, like Marshawn Lynch kind of guy. Just a hefty running back that isn't slow. He can catch the ball. He has moves, and he can run you over. And he had an immediate impact. I mean, this is this is like this is strong ass man energy. This man showed you what it was like to have a running back that would just beat the hell out of you. And I think because we haven't seen him, we haven't we haven't seen Oklahoma with a running back like that since Rodney Anderson went down and since Ramondre Stevenson was suspended that we weren't really sure what it was going to be like, especially with the absence of Kennedy Brooks. And I think we saw that tonight. And it, was just, it was just wild. And, you know, it, it's... Oklahoma, there's really not a lot to say about this game because of, of all the things that happened in this game. And so let's talk about it being a complete game, but talk about the score. So I got to tweet from the Crimson and Cream Machine account on Twitter, at CC Machine. And I was joking, but you know it's also mildly serious that when the score became 62-28, to 28, of course, the next notion of optics of people that don't watch the score is, oh, if Texas Tech scores another touchdown, 
it's 62-35, Oklahoma still can't play defense. And not Oklahoma basically dominated them from the for the first half and literally put their second and third teams in for the rest of the game. And it was just garbage points, those last two. Uh, but, of course, you still want to finish, right? But at the same time, like, you're giving them lots of possessions because you keep on scoring. If it's 28, then, you know, if it's 35, then, oh, they can't, they, their defense sucks. But if it's 28, like, okay, if that's manageable. And so I was joking about that because, although it's mildly true, and then some guys, like, I, everybody's seen it on Twitter, right? He's like, I'm sorry, I'm not impressed, I'm not satisfied. Nick Saban gave uh, Mississippi State zero points. Yeah, well, you know what? They, they also ran the clock out. They they also uh, sat on the ball because they were able to sit on the ball. They also, Mississippi State, had way fewer possessions than Texas Tech. And that's just like a dumbass take. Like, really? If it was if it was 62 to 45 like the other year against Kansas, it was like a score something similar to that, then you've got an issue, right? You don't want people scoring four or five touchdowns in garbage time. Like k-state did because they scored they yeah oklahoma was up but just remember guys oklahoma was beating k-state by 21 so if you're ever angry about oklahoma not getting the big 12 title game oklahoma was up by three touchdowns they couldn't close it out anyways but it's just so stupid so so dumb to have that narrative that somebody's like literally like oh i'm not impressed really because they forced turnovers they were laying the wood all night. They had a turnover on. They forced turnover on downs. They've been really good in those situations. And offensively, like, what do you want? Yeah, the defense is to stop points from happening, sure. But when you've got the twos and threes in there and Texas Tech still is the ones, like, what do you expect? Especially if Oklahoma's not sitting on the ball. That's a, just a dumbass take. Let's go to helmet stickers, and then we're going to get to your questions, man. So two in offense. I've got Theo Weiss. Because Theo Weiss had a big night. I think he's really coming on really strong. And that's just before Jaden Hazelwood gets back. And he's really showing himself to be a very reliable target. And Marvin Mims, of course, he was reliable. Except that one drop. And Oklahoma just had a really good night receiving. And so I think I would be dumb to say Ramondre Stevenson also wouldn't be a second offensive player at the home sticker just because him practicing with the team, finally coming, getting out to play, and just being a complete monster. And so give me both Weiss and Ramondre Stevenson, even though you could give it to Spencer Rattler every single day because he's so good. Now on defense, it's the same thing. Give it, give one to Ronnie Perkins. Ramondre Stevenson and Ronnie Perkins were clearly motivated to be the best players on both sides of the ball, and it showed. And maybe they are the best players on both sides of the ball. Who knows? Um, but Ronnie Perkins for sure is the best player on the defense, and that showed that he was living in, in Texas Tech's backfield. He was getting to the quarterback. He guys, he, he ragdolled the quarterback at one point just by the jersey. That's crap that adults do to toddlers. He literally took him by one hand and just flinged him and should have had the sack, for, second of all. And then a second helmet sticker, I'm really not sure. Now you could say Perry Winfrey, who just was killing all night. You could say most of the secondary, who really, really played well outside of those Trey Brown things at the very beginning. And it, there's just really, there's just so much to be happy about for this game. They're, they're taking steps offensively, execution-wise, defensive-wise. And, of course, I think Texas Tech is much better than we give them credit for. Oklahoma's going to repeat the same thing against Kansas. And so Oklahoma's really going to have some really good tune-up games in a bye week before they play Oklahoma State. 
And so you're really, really excited about this. And I can't really say a moment of the game because all of the moments of the game were fantastic. All of them. If you didn't rewatch that just, just to get your rocks off, I don't know who you are. That, that's a great, or the highlights anyways. That's sure, it's great, man. So going to t- Twitter questions. Titter questions. Nice, man. Good job, Kamiar. Okay, Twitter questions and Discord questions because, I mean, also, if you want to join the Discord, it's free. This podcast is free. Everything we do at Crimson Cream Machine is free. You don't have to pay for anything, so that's great. Um, anyways, from Dirt Burglars, at Dirt Burglars underscore LT, says, does McGowan finish his career at OU? I see at this point, I don't think there's any way Kennedy Brooks comes back. If he does, I think he's a little foolish. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, he should come back. And so now you're looking at other running backs. I think it's pretty clear that Oklahoma loves Seth McGowan, what he brings to the table, even when Pledger was doing well. I think a lot of us wanted to see a lot more Ramondre Stevenson and Pledger than we wanted to see Ramondre Stevenson and McGowan last night, but that's not what we got. So I think the staff really, really likes what they see in McGowan. And so I'd be very surprised if Kennedy Brooks came back. But if he did, you might have Ramondre Stevenson, McGowan, and definitely uh, Kennedy Brooks. Of course, both of which which would, which would graduate in the following year. And then so I think you're going to be left with a McGowan who's going to take a significant amount of snaps. And then if a guy like, I don't know, like Kamar Wheaton commits to Oklahoma anytime soon, then you have a pretty nice um, stable backs again. So I think, yeah, McGowan should finish his career at OU. I don't think it I don't think it would make sense for him not to. He's been not necessarily an impact player for OU this year, but he has been playing in a lot of games. A uh, friend of the pod, Brady Trantham from at Brady to Sports. He's a really, really nice guy. He's, he's great, man. Uh, he says, after the game, what do I do if my football erection from this game lasts longer than four hours? And, well, that's, that's a good question. I, th- I think that you're supposed to go to the hospital. Um, you could t- choose other methods. Like, you could try thinking of, like, death or, like, punching it. Um, well, e- oh, eating a, eating a whole raw potato to put you out of the mood, like that one guy in that story. If you guys know what I'm talking about, there's a story. I'm not completely sure if it's true. Uh, I'm sure it's not true. But it's on the internet. It's old. It's crap. And it's basically like this couple. And it's like, it's kind of making fun of them. Basically, like, they're like, yeah, this guy and this girl, they're, they're really, really Christian. And they got married. And they said, hey, if sex before, if no sex before marriage was holy, then no sex during marriage should be double holy. And then, like, they make a narrative of, like, when they start feeling bedroom thoughts, uh, the wife goes to the bedroom and she uh splashes cold water on her face and calms herself down and then the man goes to the kitchen and eats a whole raw potato uh so yeah i don't think it's real but it might be who knows man if you guys like whole raw potatoes i'm not i'm not bagging on you but yeah brady you know one of those things might work of course there are other means uh you know you know like uh, yeah all right next next question comes from boomer sooner five what impressed you the most uh, Ronnie Perkins just living in the backfield and hauling ass to chase down a running back. That impressed me a lot. Uh, Girth Brooks says, who wins the election? Uh, election of what? There's an election happening? I didn't know. I'm, I guess I'm not aware. Rare says, are we shocked by Buki didn't play terrible? No, I'm not really. Uh, I'm not shocked, actually. 
Buki is not good against teams that are really, really big in Texas Tech. It's not one of those teams. And then Girth Brooks says, who's the next number two to deroute a starter on defense? Yeah, because Woody Washington got the start tonight. And Norwood got the start. Did Aguayu get the start? I can't remember. But I know Woody Washington got his start. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's going to be another person that gets unstarted, I guess. I, I, think, I think they're pretty solid. I think what you want, I think what you're angling at is, oh, is Buki and Pat Fields going to get sat down? At this point, no. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I'd be very surprised if they did. I just don't think if Bryson Washington is only getting in really, really late, that's not a good sign for somebody unseating Buki or Pat Fields. Um. Oh, I yeah, I didn't see their AP poll today. Whoops, sorry. And the last one says, "What are your thoughts on Oki Light from Boom Mister Five? What are your thoughts on Oki Light throwing chair cushions at Texas players? I mean, I'd be pissed too if you should have won that game." They should have won that game, and they let Texas come back. They, and they, oh, man. I can't blame the fans, but at the same time, it's pretty unclassy. It's pretty classless. Um, but, I mean, that these are the same fans that have thrown chicken wings at Oklahoma players, snowballs at Oklahoma players, uh empty or, or empty beer cans or one players when they didn't like the outcome of a bedlam game in Stillwater. So I'm not entirely surprised. I don't think Oklahoma fans do that. Uh, I've never been to a I've never been to a game where Oklahoma fans were throwing things at players. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean Baker Mayfield did throw a ball at a Texas Tech player's head, I believe, and that was funny. Um and um uh, I mean Oklahoma Oklahoma fans were throwing oranges on the field during the Orange Bowl years, but I don't remember Oklahoma throwing things like that. Who knows, man? But all right, well, I guess this is a good time to end the podcast because I'm now I'm just rambling. But anyways, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Sorry we didn't get you one in the middle of the week because there is a stupid ice storm that Stephen and Jack I don't know have power. I know Stephen definitely doesn't. Oklahoma has a KU game coming up this week. They're gonna kill the Jayhawks most likely. I don't think we're gonna have somebody on midweek, but It'll be a good time to talk about recruiting as well because that is about to really heat up with Billy Bowman coming down the pipe soon. And so, guys, go ahead and follow us on CrimsonandCreamMachine.com by SB Nation. You can follow the accountant Jack by going to at CC Machine or at J. Larry Shills. I'm at KMarabian, CCM, and Steven is at OUUpdatedSB. Guys, like I said, everything at Crimson and Cream Machine is free. So just, you know, there's the site, the podcasts, anything else, the, you know, the post-game podcast, the middle-week podcast, everything's good. Yeah, even the Discord. So if you want to get a Discord invite, uh, hit up me or Steven, and we'll give one to you. Otherwise, we're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever. If you get a, wherever you get a podcast. Thank you for all the recent five-star rated podcasts on the reviews. Really appreciate you guys. If you haven't done it, please do so. We'd really appreciate that. And if you aren't subscribed and this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, hit the subscribe button. But until next time, I'll see you guys later. Bye. Yeah.